gorgeous listeners and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Glow West where we chat all about the wonderful world of sex, sexuality and the body. I'm your host Dr Caroline West and I'm always delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network where you can find tons of content on politics, culture, society and of course me with the sex podcast and if you like what we do please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack help keep the mics up and running and if you want to be super super nice to me I'd really appreciate that too and you can pop over to Apple and Spotify now to rate and review it helps get the word out about the podcast too if you want to get in touch the Instagram and Twitter is at glow west podcast So today we are talking about the wonderful world of porn and specifically the wonderful world of feminist porn which looks quite different to some mainstream porn sometimes and then sometimes it's the exact exact same. So to help us talk about that um, we have an absolutely incredible guest today. I'm talking to Pelita Papel is a Spanish filmmaker and feminist pornographer. After studying comparative literature in Berlin she worked both in front and behind the camera. She is the founder of Lustry which is a platform dedicated to the sex lives of real life couples from around the world. She also co-organizes and curates the Porn Film Festival in Berlin and runs the hardcore film studio Hard Work. Paulita works as a producer, director and performer and is an advocate for a sex positive consent based culture, which is all the nice things we love to hear. So Paulita, how are you today? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm excited about us talking about feminist porn. (laughs) <laughs> Yay! It was a fantastic topic on, on this random day. Well, tell us, what is feminist porn? So, first of all, I want to say, like, I think every feminist pornographer would maybe define feminist porn a little bit different. So I'm obviously talking about my perspective on feminist porn. And um, yeah, that's my subjective feminist perspective. <laughs> so um, the way I see it, um, feminist porn is a way of using the genre of porn and um including it in a feminist practice as in like questioning what are the gender roles in society that we see what how is sexuality portrayed in like heteronormative um you know ideas or like visually and how can we disrupt that how can we offer alternative um expressions and representations of the diversity that exists in the world in terms of different bodies different sexualities identities sexual practices so that's how I would describe it but again obviously like every feminist pornographer will create like would make something different out of that reflection right yeah for sure for sure and there's a great book called the feminist porn book so it does what it says on the tin um, and it's written written by academics but also porn performers themselves and directors and they say that feminist porn is a site for resistance and I think that's really nice so how what are we resisting against when we're looking at feminist porn so for me, I'm resisting against mainstream culture in general. And specifically, I'm resisting against rom-coms. I have like a huge hatred against romantic comedies. I think they're, they show a very negative idea of sexuality and relationships. Um, I think they relativize like masculine uh, toxic, like, toxic, toxic behavior. Uh, I think there's a lot of like wrong messages that are being delivered. Um, you know, everything in terms of like, what is love? What is the relationship and so on? And for me growing up, that was something that I really struggled with. I was like, oh, what is this? How am I? So how am I, how I'm supposed to behave? How I'm supposed to talk to people that I like? And it just really did not resonate with me. And for me, like getting into the porn realm was a space where I could 
resist all of those like impositions um, growing up of a, as a person that uh, I identify as, as female and I, I was, um, yeah, and I still do it, I'm a cis woman. And it just really, like porn for me was a place where I felt way more free to explore my sexuality. And I think that's a really important point about rom-coms because everyone says, oh, porn is the problem in society. But like if you have rom-coms and that whole culture where it's like women are like prizes to be won by, you know, maybe not so great male figures. I mean, like there's so many bad examples of rom-coms out there where it's like and especially the consent aspect in it sometimes is like the woman says no and then she's worn down and like, you know, gives in to the guy and it's like. That's, that's not great consent. Yeah, that's uh, hmm, quite problematic there. So, absolutely, like, yeah. Porn is also criticized a lot of the time for not showing consent because you don't really see it in mainstream porn. It's just like the action just starts happening a lot of the time. So, do, do you think feminist porn is a lot better about consent? I would say it depends. Again, I don't like to generalize neither about feminist porn nor about mainstream porn because I think there is a tendency, especially nowadays. Um, in, in journalism to talk about mainstream porn. And they I think what they refer is like the very first hundred videos that you find on Pornhub. And you know, those very first hundred videos that you find on Pornhub are not the porn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think like there's so much more diversity in the porn that, that has been and is being created. And I think that gets completely like uh yeah made invisible by this narrative of like, oh mainstream porn is bad. It looks the same. Lari, lari, lari. you know, women are being uh, humiliated and so on. There's so much violence. And I think a lot of this, this narrative is blatantly wrong. Again, because they're just focusing on these first hundred videos that you find on Pornhub, but also because they miss a really important point, which is, well, pornography is, in the first place, is an entertaining product, right? One for uh, pleasuring yourself sexually. It can be much more than that. And I believe it can be much more than that. I'm sure we're going to get to it in a second. But, you know, as a first thing. And in that way, like sexuality is a very complex realm um, where uh, fantasies play a very big role in it, right? And fantasies are fine. Like there's nothing wrong about them as long as they're, as, as the, we as adults understand that they're fantasies and there's, uh, you know, they need to be played out, if at all, in a very, in a safe space. Um, so what I, to answer your question, I think, yes, it's true that like a lot of porn maybe doesn't show the communication uh, that surely needs to precede any sexual interaction. However, I don't think it's it's porn's job to teach us about consent necessarily. I think it can, and I think it's great if it does, and I think there should be more of it. But again, I don't think it's it's porn's job or, or task. I think it's a task for schools, for parents, for society, you know, to teach us about sexual education and communication and consent not necessarily for an entertaining product that is there for another purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. While you're talking there, I'm thinking of things like the Mission Impossible movies and you don't see things like they're wearing their seatbelt when they're going through this high speed police chase or whatever it is. And it's like, yeah, because that's not their job. Like porn is a fantasy product for adults. Like it's like fantastical situations where everyone has sex in these weird, wonderful places and it's all amazing and incredible. And it's like, that's not what real life sex is a lot of the time, but it's not showing what real life sex is. The same way Mission Impossible is not showing real life driving or spy work I don't know maybe it is I don't know a bunch of bit spies but yeah so that must get frustrating then to be constantly going oh you're making the good kind of porn and mainstream porn is the bad kind of porn absolutely and I'm so happy that you said that because that's exactly what happens all the time and I 
I feel put in this position where I need to like defend porn. And it's not like I want to defend every bit of porn that is out there. You know, like I, I don't love the business model of the tubes. Right. I think, you know, that was a, that was not great for the industry. I don't think it was great for anyone, to be honest. However, I think I can criticize them from a place within the industry, but I still do need to like to counteract like a, a very big criticism that comes from outside the industry that it's not differentiating. They're just being like, yeah, all, all of this is bad. And yes, you're saying like, oh, and what you're doing is better. And I'm like, well, I think what I'm doing is great, but not because I want to put myself in this black and white thing of like, that is about porn. I am the good one because I, I really do not see it that way. I rather would like to talk about the porn that I create in terms of, of film and film value. So for example, what I do with Lustry, I like to call it documentary porn because I think, you know, I mean, it's what you would usually call amateur porn, which is the usual word, um, which I think it's confusing because amateur means you, something that you do like beside your job, like a hobby or something, right? And nowadays there's so many people and companies that do like quote unquote amateur porn professionally. Yeah. <laughs> confusing for everything yeah it is isn't it but then that's why i think like documentary porn is more accurate to describe it because actually what what is it that we're seeing okay we're seeing people that they're not playing a role there's no script there's no choreography there's no you know there's nothing of that it's just two people showing like uh showing what they would do otherwise so they're capturing documenting their sexual realities right so in that way i think that that like really is a better way of defining it. And it's like, okay, this is, that's why I like to talk about last year as an archive of like sex lives and, and relationships. Cause that's really what it is. We're documenting and capturing the realities of all of these folks that want to share it with the community. It sounds like organic porn, <laughs> like, like the wholesome organic stuff that you'll buy in a farmer's market or something maybe. <laughs> so, yeah. I love that free, free range. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I love that. Cause it's like, you know, again, it, it is that, that nice, um, different space you know mainstream porn has its you know pros and cons everything has its pros and cons and some people like the highly scripted stuff like the superhero movies and like there's like a high budget for those with costumes and everything and some people want to see the average everyday person in their average everyday beds and you know that representation of regular life so it's it's nice I suppose to have different things for different people and stuff and what, what kind of would you have like major themes going on in your work or do you find people just do you get surprised by some of the content that people film now or you're like I've seen it all I've seen you know well used to this now that's a really good question I think you can you've never seen it all that's one thing that I've learned both in working with last three but also working as a curator for the porn film festival because there's there is stuff that always is gonna come you know over and over again and that's you know and that's great as well so obviously both for the porn film festival or for or for last three there's things that feels like okay i feel like i've seen this clip or this concrete thing like a thousand times now uh but of course then at the same time every film and every person has its own unique way of doing things so even if i you know if you're seeing like say whatever masturbation sin for this it's still on time there's still there's always gonna be something and maybe surprises you if it's like the way they etch or like what you know whatever it is it's always interesting but then there is always definitely something coming that is new and that is i think super nice and we love that at the prime film festival for example every time we have like a new fetish we're like oh oh we've never thought about this and it's like mm, interesting how is there more of this and then we like research about it and that's like it's so exciting because you just really even if it's not 
you know, my thing that I'm like, oh, I want to do it. It's just so fascinating to see how rich human sexuality is. Just so great, right? It's so um, and- huge. Like those differences. Like when I went to the film festival, I was watching stuff of going, oh my God, I've never even heard of this. Like what's going on? And you have like those little shorts where it's, you know, you get like 15 minutes of like, five different things and it's like oh this has been a whirlwind of a little mini adventure and it's so lovely because it's like in that 15 minutes you can see stuff that you never see on on tv or in porn or in music or wherever it happens to be and it's just lovely to have that exposure to that different world exactly it's exactly what you're saying i think that there's stuff that we don't see in the mainstream media we don't see it in music videos we don't see it in the the fashion industry or in the in the like in hollywood like you know nothing we never hear of it we don't if you try to post about it on instagram you'll get deleted you know (laughs) so there's such a censorship going on around nowadays which is i find it I, i find really 10 years ago it wasn't as bad i really i think we're in a really bad moment i don't know i would love to hear your opinion on this uh, but and, and that's why it's so refreshing to the, to see stuff. And then that's why it also makes me so angry and people are like, porn looks all the same. It gives these ideas of normativity. Like, and I'm like, actually, no, like really, for real, not. There is way more diversity um, in porn than it is in other places. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you look at most singers, I mean, like Lizzo is singled out because she's larger and it's like, oh, she it's like, it's like they, they tick the box. We have, okay, we have one bigger person. We don't need to do that for anything else. And everyone else is really, really tiny, like size six or zero or something. And it's like, yeah. we don't have that full spectrum. Whereas what I like a lot in, in feminist porn and, you know, other types is that there are like so many different body types and different genders as well. And it's not fetishized as such. So it's not like, you know, those gross names you can kind of hear sometimes and I'm not right. going to repeat them, but they're just racist and sexist and homophobic and transphobic. But I think in a lot of like queer porn and feminist porn and stuff, it's it's just like, oh, it's just like, you know, Joey or whatever. It's like, that's all. And that's so lovely. It must be quite liberating to not have to put all your actors into tiny little boxes. A hundred percent. I agree. And that's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a shame that, you know, certain, you know, what you're saying is like, I mean, there's a capitalist, mar- a capitalist market. Yeah. And, and you need to, like, if you, it's so hard to sell your product, like to sell porn, because there's so many barriers. Like you can advertise anywhere. You can, you know, again, your your IG will get deleted. All of your social media will get deleted. You have to like be really creative to like surpass certain things. Um, and then, you know, for example, this is the, the paradox of it. One of the places where we can make best advertisement is the tubes. And the tubes do have these algorithms where certain, as you're saying, boxes and, and horrible words, do get you know more visibility and then during this it's 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 frustrating and it's you really need to get creative uh and that's a challenge i think to to keep on producing to produce like diverse porn and then like manage to market it in a way that 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 aligns with the with the ethics that you've put yourself and you want to live up to and still like make a profit to make it ethical right yeah like that's the thing of like you know um like people complain about porn so much, but then they create worlds where it's like you can't advertise other different types. So it's like big, gigantic porn industries have a lot more money than you would or a smaller person would. So like they've got millions and millions behind them sometimes. And it's like, yeah, how do you compete with that? Especially like you said, yeah, if you're trying to even speak up on social media and you just get shut down all the time, like that happens with sex educators 
and models and especially people of color as well like they're specifically targeted so it's just pretty crap (laughs) it's really bad it's nightmare and i think i think there's not enough outrage about this like seriously exactly what you're addressing like people of color uh fat folks disabled folks like they're getting targeted the worst and it's I'm I'm like every time I see a friend of mine again like okay I can't delete it again for the like sixth time at 10k or whatever I'm like this is not okay like like seriously like if this was you know if you see social media and I think we need to start acknowledging social media as a space that is like it's a public space and it's owned by private corporations that are deciding who can and, and can and may not walk on this digital streets I'm just gonna call them and like it's ridiculous if you think about it. It's like okay, imagine the the construction company that is you know putting the cement and, and and like doing the streets would be like erasing you from the street and being like you're not allowed to walk here by the rules that I just made up that have nothing to do with law, you know, have to do with my weird social like sexual you know ethics that are very confusing <laughs> and hard to to even understand. And it's like it's it's not acceptable. Like we need to 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 stop this and to like, you know, to, to fight against the discrimination that is happening. And, and people are not bothered somehow. It's a, yeah, it's, it's because not like porn is just such a shameful thing for many people. Like it's consumed in private. You don't usually tell people what you're watching, whereas you tell them about your favorite movie or song. And then of course, sex workers are always subjected to stigma and, and violence in our society. So they're pushed underground and we don't hear from them as much, which is just terrible all round um but i think the the tube sites and like you said like if that digital streets and where they are they're generally okay with free viewers because they have the money from other means but a lot of like feminist porn and queer porn stuff you know people um have to pay for that and there's issues that people have around that but like give me the very obvious answer to why should we pay for our porn and the answer for that is like yes we should pay for our porn but tell me more about that in detail a hundred percent we should pay for our porn you're totally right and thank you for bringing this up because we cannot say enough and i'm going to give you really two simple and really good reasons and it's the first one i'm going to make the first one actually what why it's actually good for you as a consumer uh you know not because of ethics or because of like you should be you're going to be a better person like no you as a consumer when you pay for your porn you're going to be getting good quality porn a lot of it and you're going to spare yourself the time to like spend hours trying to surf through like really like disgusting pop-ups like about like, you know, horny mems wanting to fuck you and I don't know what yeah, else. Your horny neighbors <laughs> right next door to you. And yeah. Or when I saw recently, it was like ugly moms. And you're like, oh, that's just really mean. <laughs> like, it's I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. I, anyway, yeah. But exactly. So that is not a great user experience to like, you know, navigate through all of these pop-ups and that we, until you finally find like one thing, but it actually turns out to be just a trailer. So you can't even really jerk off. Like that is not a nice thing. Is that what you want to give yourself? Like, is that how much you care for your sexuality that you're going to like, like hustle through like all of that? No, if you actually, yes, you find, you know, you need to do a little bit of research and find what you like. Sure. There's not every platform. It's going to be your cup of tea, you know? So, but when you find your cup of tea, if you pay for it, you're going to have like full length, good quality um, content of exactly that that you like. Um, and you're just going to have a much better jerk experience. <laughs> jerk I, experience. I mean, that's what most people are looking for when they're looking at porn. So, yeah, right? that's even better. So, yeah. And then, I, I think, 
Go ahead. <laughs> and I think the second reason, and this is like, you know, the cherry on the top is when you're doing that, you're actually, you know, being a much better person. You are supporting the people that are creating that porn, which means these people will be able to keep on creating that porn. Uh, and you know that this porn is being created in a way that where everyone, you know, was, was I mean, hopefully this is the case, but most likely if you're paying for it, it is the case. Everyone was treated respectfully. You, uh, everyone was paid or uh, remunerated respectfully, and you can just have a good conscience. I mean, yeah, happy better, happy days. Like, cause yeah, conscious masturbation, I suppose, is a, is a good thing. So, with that, that I mean, that is right, cause I, I think sometimes the terms ethical porn and feminist porn can be very interchangeable sometimes. And it's feminist porn is two things, isn't it? Really, it's the content on screen, but also the working conditions. So you mentioned it a bit there about remuneration and people getting paid. So, talk to us about how the, those working practices would be called called feminist or ethical. Right. So I think, first of all, I want to clarify, I think there's been a lot of throwing around with the word ethical porn. And as much as I do like the word ethical, and I think it's important to have it in connection with porn, still it's being used to reinforce the stigma of being like, oh, most of the porn is not ethical, right? And it's like, again, abusing or exploitative of women, or, you know, worst case, like, you know, like, blatantly abuse or whatever this is not true so i first want to make clear that it's not like it's not like oh only feminist porn is ethical that's rubbish <laughs> like most of porn is you know ethical as in much as they if, if the production standards are okay same like in film you know film industry there's a lot of film sets that are not really handled in a very ethical way you know we should be discussing that but not as in like oh we need to shut down hollywood completely no, we need to like have a conversation about what's going on and what's the power dynamics and so on and so forth. So same, you know, goes for porn. And the way that I would personally describe what I think makes an ethical production, again, porn or film or whatever, would be that there's transparent communication before, during, and after the shooting. Uh, and that they're, and that everyone is treated with respect, that people's um, necessities and wishes are being considered and addressed. Uh, and that everyone is putting an effort on making everyone's days a good day. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so that's it. That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. And I know a lot of Hollywood sets are now getting like intimacy coordinators on board. Is that the case in porn? Does that happen? Thank you for asking. Actually, I've been working as an intimacy coordinator as well. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Okay. That's like my 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 other personality where, I, where I'm like sometimes need to hide a little bit that I'm a porn person because people like can't get their heads around they're like what intimacy creator but you come from porn like how is that possible it's the same thing basically I, like <laughs> basically it is but it's a it's a I think it's a long way because like I think intimacy coordinators in the states now are you know it's, it's a figure that has been now established but through because of the all the work like amazing great work like all of the intimacy coordinators um, you know, it's a long list. So I'm not going to name them all now. Uh, but, you know, thanks thanks to all these folks that have done such a great work of establishing that position in Europe. In the UK is also a little bit better, of course, because of, um, again, all of the intimacy coordinators working there. Uh, Germany and the rest of Europe is still at the very beginning. So people are very opponent like directors producers are like oh who is this a new position do we need this this is like the, the set police you know so they're very like wary of it uh so then like this already this like retis, like not wanting to have us on there plus then saying like i come from point is like completely confusing for them yeah. 
<laughs> but the funny thing is exactly what you just said. It is the same thing, like the basics of consent and communication and transparency and like how to how to create a performance that is that looks authentic, that is an enjoyable experience for everyone involved, and that is respectful of the boundaries and comfort zones of the performers specifically, but also of everyone else on set, the crew, the, you know, the work is the same, literally. Like the only difference is like, are we going to like how, how, what's the level of explicitness? Yeah. Uh, and you know, and that basically it's like you anyway, always need to see like, what is the, what is the setting of this production? Like, what do we want to see? Is it, is it supposed to be a children's film that anyway we can show anything, you know what I mean? Uh, or is this like, and I think, I think if you see it in a spectrum, you would say there's different, like, there's definitely like skills that you need to develop differently. Like if you're like faking or like, you know, like a scene or, or, or going or, or shooting hardcore, but the, the basics of consent and communication are really, really similar. I yeah. Mean, yeah. The magic ingredients of sex, whether it's real or stimulated, that's you yeah. know the bottom line for a lot of it. And, and like a lot of people might have that image in their head that feminist porn is like very light and soft. And, you know, there's like, classical music in the background or like you know some kind of lovely romantic thing and it's all very special and making love and, and things and, and that's like fab and you know part of it is but that's not all of it right exactly i think it's so important to to tell people that that is not what it is about because because that is again reproducing this idea of like women's sexuality being as you're saying soft and pink and bubbly yes. <laughs> and it's so important to be like hey like there's as many like sexualities as, as there are women <laughs> so you can like talking about like what women like in porn is completely you know it really doesn't make it justice like it never would um and it's important to say like yeah, there's there's everything from like as you're saying like very vanilla and, and, and pastel to super hardcore and that is one of the reasons that I started hard work because I wanted to show like how hardcore you can actually get and for me like what we do is our gangbangs and for me, like gangbangs have, like if you say gangbang in a, like in public, like people have this really horrible idea of like, you know, a lot of men abusing a woman. And I think there's so many folks, like so many women that actually fantasize about it. And that there's like, I mean, there's Pornhub statistics and stuff of like how much like gangbang porn is searched it's by women. It's super popular with women. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like one of the top, like three or something like that so yeah and I think it makes a lot of sense not only because of this like oh we're like working our traumas or whatever which might be part of it and that's totally fine as well uh but I, I, I don't know I've been like researching and you know we can sexuality like we can tell it in so many different ways you know we've, we've told like one we've been told one story especially like this like but you like essentially stories about like oh back then in the cave times when the men went hunting and the women were blah, blah. And it's like oh you can you can tell different stories like I mm -hmm. I love this one story that I heard about like some cultures I don't even know if it's true or not but I, I don't care really <laughs> about like the women like the women would have sex with all the men in the you know in the, the group because the idea was like then the the kids uh, would have like the best qualities of each of them right and I'm like, oh, that's a that's a great narrative for me to to uh, to explain why women love gangbangs. You know? <laughs> so it goes back to caveman times. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, pro it's probably like we don't know, but it kind of makes sense, like on one level, that that I, might have been something they so. thought about. <laughs> yeah. I think so, and I think like the, the the whole problem that I see, one of the major 
programs in order to simplify that it's in society is like women are told you know that they're victims when it comes to sex that they're passive that they need to be careful you know and the man is always portrayed as a predator you know always wanting always always with an erection and so on and so forth and i think like a lot of the feminist porn work is to turn that idea on its head uh and like and spin it off and off and off and off <laughs> and i think for me like reclaiming the gangbang as something that it can be consensual uh a celebration an orgiastic celebration of sex where everyone has a really good time was a little bit like the last thing that i was that i missed i was like even this i'm gonna take back you know <laughs> I, i love that because like again it's, it's like that's a super popular thing and i'm no stranger to having watched some of those videos before but what i hate about it is it's it's usually like it starts off really gross like it starts off like either coercing the girl or tricking her or she has to do it to pay a bill or like just all these really kind of non-consensual scenarios and I what I want to see is a woman walking in and go do me lads like let's go you know let's let's have a great time I'm really horny there's five of you here you look amazing let's all have amazing sex like that's what I want to see it's like that like lovely sex positive approach rather than seeing women have to be tricked into it or manipulated into it or forced into it which is just like and then even the force bits are like oh, she hates it at first and then within two seconds, she loves it. And like, that's such a da damaging narrative to have out there in our world because that's not great and that doesn't allow people to understand consent. But like, yeah, I love the whole like reclaim the gangbang as a feminist um, site of resistance for like heteronormative norms and all those kind of things. So um, yeah, that's that sounds incredible. Like, how does that like translate into your daily life do you are you coming home and going oh i filmed this like amazing gangbang today and it was incredible or you know having coffee and talking about the nuances of a gangbang <laughs> actually it's funny because i the, the project hard work i do it with my partner rod so so it does play a very big part in my life obviously because i mean we live together and it just i have it's funny like i think boundaries is such an important you know topic and it's such so important in my work but i personally have not that many boundaries when it comes to like work and life <laughs> but it's a you know it's a conscious like chosen thing so it's fine but yeah I mean we I mean there's like like talking about like like me coming in and being like oh my god I just had a really good idea for a gangbang it's something that is completely <laughs> normal at breakfast you know yeah, yeah it just becomes part of your everyday world sometimes you're just like yeah yeah I oh. think I forget sometimes that it's not normal you know yeah. and then i yeah, and then i and i get here you know read some articles maybe or hear some people and i'm like ah where like what are you talking about and it, it really takes me like a few seconds to be like oh okay this is what you know what people are not there yet like they are so you know and i'm not no, no i don't want to shame them but like some people are so scared you know of sexuality and what it can be and i absolutely respect and if you, you don't want to watch porn 100% don't do it you know I, I will not put it on your face like I think that's a very personal choice but just like that for some people just the idea that porn exists somewhere is so threatening you know because you can be like well I don't like it and I don't watch it and I don't want you know I don't want to be around it fine that's totally fine there's a lot of things you know like rom-coms that I wouldn't want to be around but I'm you know I don't want to forbid them it's fine if they, I think there should be education around them <laughs> the same way that I think it should be education about porn yeah but yeah. fine But just like that, we're, that I think, yeah, I wish, really wish that we come at this point where pornography is just part, it's just another film genre and it's just part of society and yeah, you can like it or hate it, but that it doesn't feel like a threat and especially that 
people are not like threatening it and our existences and sex workers existences because of this fear yeah 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 absolutely and well like some of the quotes that i remember i did my phd on like feminist responses to porn and women's experiences working in it it's just like five years of listening to arguments and going back and forth and like one person was saying um there's no room for porn in a just world and like that's such a massive blanket statement like what kind of porn even and like what does that even mean like how do you feel when you hear things like that and statements such as like there's no such thing as feminist porn. It cannot exist. It makes me really sad in the first place. And it's funny because I come from there. The thing is like, I can relate, I can understand on a very personal level why someone would feel that way and what they mean when they say that. Because when I was 17 years old, which is, you know, 17 years ago, <laughs> um, I was like, never a woman, like out of her free will, would sell her body like this is stuff that I've said and I felt and I believed in you know and I know where that came from that came out of fear out of uh you know I, I mean long story I don't want to <laughs> go in there it's depth uh but um you know but but I understand that the pain and the fear and the and the yeah and the hatred even um you know the trauma like there's a lot of really dark places where where that where that comes from and I you know, I, again, I personally relate to that. Um, and I think that's also why it makes me so, so sad, maybe because I understand. And again, like, obviously I don't understand every person's personal background, but I, I think there's still like a general, um, you know, there are some common points where I think we can all um, understand. And I really, that's why I really wish for dialogue, you know, like I, I know that I grew up so much by listening to you know other feminists that came to me and were like no actually you know we do porn and I was like blew my mind and uh you know and then and yet yeah, it was such a, it's a my journey I think uh it's a, it's a good example you know to to see that you can you can learn you can open up and listen and again it doesn't mean that you have to love it but you can at least like I think you can you can go through a journey where you end up understanding it I, I'd hope so. Like some of the arguments that I was reading that it, it just, it didn't inspire me a whole lot. I remember one person, um, is it Anna Brownfield? She's a, a director, I think. Um, yeah, from she was She was called a scab by someone else. And like a scab is some of the worst oh. things you can call someone. Um, so in that, like you're calling them a betrayer. I think she was actually called a betrayer of all women as well. So that's like a heavy burden on your shoulders. But that is. A scab is also something disgusting. You know, it's it's a gross part of our bodies and it's, you know, it's usually doesn't look very nice and it covers up like something horrible that's happened. And it's like to reduce a person down to that is pretty hardcore to say something like that like it's horrible but imagine but see i mean when 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 it gets to that point of like in, like insulting i'm like clearly you're in pain because like if you feel so you know so strongly about this and like you have such a visceral response to this it's like you know when people are like super homophobic and you're like mm, maybe you're gay you know what i mean like i'm not saying everyone is that is homophobic but you know what i mean like when someone has like a very very intense like bodily reaction to something and you're like why yeah, <laughs> you know, what why? else is kind of going on there yeah what is going on there for you to yeah. be like so for i've been called she i mean i've been called a human trafficker on twitter and i'm like excuse me <laughs> like what are you talking about like you're you're putting like you're you're really not seeing clear 
you know, I'm putting things in a box that do not belong together. And like you're being clearly blinded by some ideas and, and preconceptions and, and uh, you know, that you've getting from, I don't know exactly where I, you know, I might say also religious upbringing, but, you know, not only that. I, I mean, I think that's part of it as well. When you have those super strict ideals drilled into you, then of course you, you wouldn't like porn and the people yeah. in it you'd view either as corruptors or betrayers or victims. It's hard to kind of have an empowered view, I think, with, with that. <laughs> as, as yeah. your background sometimes but like, to be called a human trafficker is pretty hardcore right it's I mean oh. it's it's almost like in a way like it's so extreme and it's like I you know if I, I mean I definitely know I'm not a human trafficker so it's like in a way it's like so so absurd to a point that it almost doesn't hurt anymore because I'm like, okay it's, this is clearly rubbish so but yeah but it gets it gets very personal with yeah with this feminist critique and uh you know i don't like the word um what is it swerve like sex work yeah yeah sex uh, worker, just exclusionary radical feminist radical yeah. feminist yeah because i think there's nothing radical about being anti-sex work you know what i mean yeah you're not in so you do um because i think you know radical is something that is calling for change for for you know for extreme change and i think there's no you know that's not there's nothing radical about it it's just very conservative point yeah. of view actually and you can have your viewpoint like you said earlier of like you don't like porn that's fine but you don't have to make life extremely difficult for the people who are choosing to engage in them whether you think they're victims or betrayers or not like it's not your job to pass laws to make their life even more dangerous you know which is what happened in Irish society um you know our laws do not make um our, our sex workers safe really so it just it just seems like it's just this weird kind of oddball area where it's like you're doing these lovely fab things and they tick so many feminist goals like you know um breaking down gender norms and stereotypes like yeah body, body positivity yeah sex positivity yeah shown women as being active yeah but like and, and paid well because it's like you know we know there's gender wage gaps and stuff so you're doing all those lovely feminist things on paper but then you're still being called a human trafficker and told that your industry isn't hypothetically possible to exist it's like massive gap between reality and ideology there yeah exactly i think that's the thing it's so far away from reality it's really it's really like it's this construct that it's not it's just very very far away of all people's sexuality it's like such a disconnection with like what sexuality is and can be which is such a beautiful thing you know i mean it's amazing like what humans can do you know with their sexuality in in in, in every way like from from just purely fun and, and, and joy and pleasure but to also like working through things such as trauma or or insecurities like there's so many so much power in sexuality if we embrace it as the very very complex and sometimes scary fine I, I agree scary thing that it can be um but yeah so much so much to gain especially if you see it through a feminist you know revolutionary I would I want to I want to even say point of view yeah I think like I remember back to one of the shorts that I went to at the porn film festival and it was I can't remember the title or anything about it but it was a guy who was jerking off and there's someone else covering him in ketchup and mayonnaise and at first oh it was like just this lovely thing and at first I was like this is really weird like what is this and by the end I was like do you know what fair play to them they had a good time um it looks really messy and I don't really fancy the cleanup aspect of it and it's not my thing but like they had fun <laughs> like 
I that's love it. that you bring up that example. That's uh, Mark Matan, Mark Matan, yeah, from Friends, oh, and he he does the most yeah funniest fetishes. Yeah, sometimes I mean sometimes really pushing my personal boundaries in terms of hygiene and yeah. this kind of thing, but uh, super fun. Yeah, and as you're saying, I like, just so just like wow, this is like you look at all the fun this person is having. Isn't that great? Yeah. And I think like that darker side as well of human sexuality, like we said earlier, it's not all rose petals and bats and stuff like that. And um, what's the name of the French lady? Is it Catherine uh, Brilliard? Brilliard? I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. Brilliard? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And I saw her work and I'd never heard of her before. And I was like, oh, this is kind of it's a little bit kind of disturbing on one level because it made me think about a lot of things. And I wouldn't have labeled that as porn. But like it is porn so that's the thing it really kind of unsettles what you think of about sexuality what you can depict on the screen and what you think of as porn because like porn film festival I was like half of this is not porn you know but it is though as well at the same time and I love that I love that unsettling of those boundaries and I love that you said that because that's the point that's what we call it porn film festival and still as you say we're showing films that a lot of people wouldn't call porn or sometimes even the, the, the directors wouldn't, you know, position it in, in a porn frame. But we think like there's so much to to win by expanding this idea of like what is pornography. Uh, I think that, you know, that's part of like accepting the diversity of sexuality is also like if we expand what we understand as pornography, we're also we're making more room for more. Yeah. And like crossing those boundaries, as you're saying, I think it's there's a lot to there's just so much to gain from it <laughs> there really is and it's it just I know like I, I suppose one of the, the criticisms and I think it's a fair one in mainstream porn is that it, it can be very formulaic sometimes of a plus b equals c and then you know for a lot of people in real life sex can be very formulaic as well and I, what I like about you know the kind of work that you're doing and, and that you're showing is that it, it doesn't you know, it's not like male ejaculation has to mean the end of fun or it has to be, you know, blowjob, vagina, anus, you know, it's external ejaculation. I think we're very limited sometimes, I think, by that formula. And I love that it, there's so much out there. Like you said, there's there's just so much and it can involve weird, wonderful things. And that's fine because it's all consensual and stuff. And I, I mean, where do you see the film festival going forward for now? Like, because we're going into more of it, like a digital age. There's a lot more like VR porn and sex robots are going to take over the world at some point. And like, do you see a lot more of that kind of content coming through where we're getting kind of mediated through technology? I personally can't wait for the sex robots to come and take over. <laughs> we promised it for a long time now. It's like, I know, finally. Right? I'm like, where is my Jude law? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, I think the Profit Festival right now, we're, we're a bit old school. I have to say, like, we really love the Profit Festival being a place where people meet in a space physically and share that space. And like that creates a dialogue that I think for me definitely has been super liberating but i and i'm sure i'm not the only one i think for so many people just having that physical space where you encounter people and have conversations and somehow it feels like it's a little um yeah a little little utopia somehow this the cinema becomes for me at least during a week like a place where just there's different norms and people encounter each other differently with like so much compassion and respect and consent and like really um yeah it's just so beautiful so I think we, we definitely like that 
very you know an analogical part of it like it's still a, a very crucial part for us and like you know bringing audiences to talk to the filmmakers and so on and so forth um so that's one thing that is gonna stay we try to go a bit more in this little vr world porn world but um it's um it's tricky i feel like they it's not so much happening right now i feel like there are that has that part of porn like there was a big um interest at some point but i think it's now it's like it's become what you were saying it's also become like quite there's only like one kind of uh stuff being made and not, not so interesting yeah it was meant to be like well, the next you know big more. thing but it, it didn't didn't quite get there i, I think not really no yeah. i think what i personally see as a challenge for the Film festival one that i like to take on is to bridge more this like alternative porn world with the mainstream porn world because it is already there's the, the definitely especially performers for example they're they're working in like let's say both sides which not you know i don't think it should even define like that but there is still like different circuits and i think that both worlds would profit from being closer to each other mm, so i, I think, think so. i i think that is i think i see something that the profit festival might be able to do we're planning let's see it's not super sure but we're planning to have like some industry days so some sometimes some like um uh like you know a few panels and like some an, an event that is only for for industry and that might might be a place where there's more yeah. of this coming together of like so-called okay. mainstream so-called alternative spaces yeah i think that's really fab because i think it'd be really creative and everything i've known from all my doubles in talking to people working in sex industry is that like most of them are so creative like they're never just a sex worker there's always like producers and directors and artists and musicians and and outside of that they're also like hustlers and like know how to like market themselves on many levels or you know just know their way around technology and they're there's so much of those skills there that we just don't see because we just go, oh, they're a sex worker and that's it. And we don't see them as a fully formed person that is actually like like super creative and uh, yeah, a really fascinating person. But people don't get past uh, the sex part. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's a big problem. I mean, yeah, this whole humanizing, right? And I'm putting, print, painting the full picture of what sex work is, which is, again, so diverse, so different. And as you're saying, like people, sex workers are the most capable and creative folks on earth, really. Yeah, just because of the whole hustling to start with, as you say. So yeah, 100% agree. And I think it's so important to give more space to that. Yeah, absolutely. And like even where yourself, like you're doing like so many things, finger in every pie, no pun intended in, in that one. So love that. <laughs> where do you see yourself going forward then? Um, you know, because obviously we're just getting over hopefully the pandemic and that's kind of changed how you know, people have made porn, you know, we were talking to Tom DeFun on the podcast recently, and they were talking about um, working with Crashpad in um, San Francisco, and they were in a room just with cameras, and, you know, a disembodied voice would say, okay, turn this way. So that was like, you know, COVID safe and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah. How, how do you see it going forward now? Are you you're going back in person? Or how, you know, yeah, how does I, that work? Yeah, now that you say like, I feel like maybe I'm a, bit, a little bit old school, but I, I do want to, we are going to get back to shooting in person. Um, it's something that we really enjoy. And the, the product that we're doing in uh, with hard work really needs it, kind of lives from it. So that's going to happen. The great thing is, I mean, with last year, we already had like a pandemic safe business model before the pandemic came. So, you know, it's funny because like when the pandemic came, suddenly everyone started working with content creators and letting them shoot at home. And it's like, yeah, well, that's what we've been doing for eight years. <laughs> but uh, um, I, 
yeah, I don't know. I feel like these two years have like t- taught me to just like embrace uncertainty and be like, I don't exactly know what's going to happen in one year, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I think so that's probably we'll a wise see. idea because, yeah, who knows what, what's about to happen next. So, but I mean, yeah. and, and sex workers are great at adapting to that kind of change as well. Like, you're so creative. Okay. Like, I remember when, um, the Apple store or something first came out or something and they were like, we're not going to have any sex on here. And then within like 24 hours, some porn stars had like hacked it and got their app up on there. And I was like, yes, this is brilliant. Cause you'll never like get rid of the porn industry. Like it's always going to be there with us. It's just, I suppose how it's done really. So, um, exactly. And And I really hope that like, maybe that's, if I have like some kind of vision that I want to, that I'm trying to work towards, is to have the porn industry more at the center of society and like to try to fight against discrimination and stigmatizing, obviously, but on a very like generally and in a, in a you know in a very general level and but also in very concrete in terms of legislation, because uh, it's a lot going on right now and there are people, you know, politicians that are very decided to fight against it and you know they're always bringing up this like very boring. Uh, you know, this the arguments that everyone uses, like who thinks of the children, who think, you know, it's like using these like emotional triggers for people to go like, oh yeah, my God, of course, who thinks of the children? Every, you know, everyone wants to have the children safe, sure, but then they're passing laws that are actually doing nothing for educating children or protecting them from anything. Um, but they're just, um, yeah, just pushing sex workers to the margins, creating less, you know, like really bad working conditions. And just this disarming and this, yeah, you know, anything that like structures that that would help us to to elevate the industry and to have better practices. So I I'm, that's what I'm trying to work towards, like really making an impact politically and hopefully uh, getting legislations that are that benefit the industry. Oh, that sounds absolutely fantastic so and i wish you all the best to look with that because there's no better person than yourself for that so um where can people find you if they want to follow along with your work and support you and reach out and pay for their porn at the same time thank you so much so if they're into documentary porn i'd say go over to lustry at lustry.com we also we not only have documentary porn but we also have a really cool magazine with it's called pov so points of view with a lot of different perspectives or collaborators or we try to have them as, as you know as diverse and the diverse perspectives as possible. So that's cool. Uh, if they want any more hardcore, then go over to heartbreak.com. And I'm of course on social, uh, Instagram and Twitter, at least for a few more months. Let's see when I get deleted. at Paulita Papo. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, well, hopefully you stay on for longer, um, or at least till the episode comes out. And yeah, but, fingers crossed. Oh, it's just such a nightmare. But um, listen, this has been absolutely fantastic, and I just I love that that you're putting that work out there into the world. And yeah, that that sex positive consent based content we can't get enough of that because that's how we just have a lovely lovely world so um we'll hopefully see you at the porn film festival in october it's back up and running this year well it didn't stop you were saying earlier so um yeah so that is going to be the 24th of october okay so brilliant till the 30th and i think my listeners have heard me going on about before it's just so much fun and it's a great experience so maybe i might see some of you there and uh, yeah we'll watch some mayonnaise porn together in a, in the cinema why not that's a good time so um thanks emil to everyone for listening in and i appreciate all your your comments that you send over on instagram and stuff it's really fab to read your positive words thank you so much and i'll chat to you next time